It is indeed wonderful uh, to see all of you uh, here this morning. I hope to see you back again tonight and encourage our young men who will be leading us in our worship service. And also uh, for the chat and chew that comes afterwards, a good time of uh, food and fellowship uh, this evening. Well, as we approach a new year, I'm sure you're looking back on this year with what you've accomplished, perhaps what you haven't accomplished. But tomorrow starts a new day and a new year and potentially a new you. But what undoubtedly you encountered this past year were challenges. And looking back, you can most likely feel good about how you met those challenges, overcame them, and, and gained some type of strength or, or knowledge or wisdom for meeting that challenge. Now, just as each of us individually face challenges, the church also faces challenges. And so the calendar starts anew tomorrow for each of us individually, but also for each of us as a congregation of the Lord's church. Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We can follow that verse individually, but also as a congregation, as we see challenges that we need to meet. And, and that's how challenges are met, is we kind of look for them. We want to be able to recognize them. That way we know how and where from we can pull strengths in order to meet those challenges. Psalm 18.32 says, the God who girds me with strength and makes my way blameless. That is who we serve. He gives us strength to meet the challenges that we're going to talk about this morning. 1 Corinthians 15, the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The church is the called out. You as a Christian are a soldier for Christ. So you need to know, I need to know, we need to know about the challenges facing the church as they always have and especially this coming year so that we might meet them and so that we might overcome them. The first challenge we'll talk about this morning is this, how we as members in a congregation engage in the worship service. That's a challenge that we must face because we come here and we, we sit for an hour or two and that's a challenge for some because as we are here, we're thinking about what we've got to do. Did I, did I leave the iron on? Did I leave the stove on? You know, what are we going to do for lunch? And to sit here and engage for an hour or longer is, is a challenge for some, but it's, it's a challenge that must be met because you are looking at eternity as you face that challenge. You are being an example to your children as you face that challenge, as being a, a good example to those around you. So the question to continue on is, am I myself preaching for the members or am I preaching to the members? There's a difference. So whenever you are up here, gentlemen, when you are preaching, how do you preach? Do you preach for them? You know, I, I make a cake for you. 
right? I make dinner for you. But if I am going to preach to you, I've got to give you something that you need. And the question is, also, if you think I'm preaching for you, then perhaps you enjoy what you are hearing, and, and to a degree, I, I hope you do. I hope because you, you like being challenged, you like learning about Scripture, you like self-improvement and growing closer to Christ, I hope you enjoy it in that manner. But I hope it's not such that, well, the issue is, well, that's about somebody else. He's not preaching to me. He's not preaching to me. If you think I'm preaching to you, then you understand that the message can change you. You understand that you are not perfect. You understand that growth starts with you when you know that the message is coming directly to you. Because the message is for all of us that we might change and grow in Christ. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning with verse 5. The good book also says in 2 Timothy 3.16, All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. That's why we have our Timothy class training our young men to teach and to speak and to lead singing training those who are in the debate class here at, at church, uh, bro, taught by Brother Robert Scholl to go to lads to leaders, training them to be able to debate on certain topics, to think logically through scriptures, for that's what scripture is for, whether it's being brought forth from this pulpit or in each of our classes. But 2 Corinthians 13, beginning with verse 5, test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves or do you not recognize this about yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless you indeed fail the test? Christ is in us, and are we living for him? Are we taking the message and applying it like we pray so often? Are we taking the message and being an example to our children and grandchildren? We must examine ourselves in light of that, verse 6. But I trust that you will realize that we ourselves do not fail the test. Now we pray to God that you do no wrong. Not that we ourselves may appear approved, but that you may do what is right, even though we may appear unapproved. We're not perfect, for we can do nothing against the truth, but only for the truth. For we rejoice when we ourselves are weak, but you are strong. This we also pray for, that you be made complete. For this reason, I am writing these things while absent, so that when present, I need not use severity in accordance with the authority which the Lord gave me for building up and not for tearing down. How we receive messages here says a lot about us, and we must examine ourselves that we may be built up, that the person bringing the message, that the person making the comments in class builds up all of us, each one of us, so that we might learn and grow in Christ. This, as we see as we consider what it means to, to hear the message or to really engage with it, it does a couple of things. This is the difference between being convinced and being convicted because men can stand before you and simply entertain or they can come to you and want to teach a class and do such that it is engaging and that it is challenging and that it is brought to you in love. And this is what the church needs. It needs men and women who are convicted rather than just convinced. 
You might be here this morning and, and you know and you believe in Scripture. You believe in our Heavenly Father. You believe that Jesus died for your sins. But are you really convicted? How we receive the message, how it is presented, is a challenge to the New Testament church today. This is also the difference between being complacent and being salt and light. Because you can know the Word of God and not necessarily work to change anyone or anything, including yourself. Because that's what salt does. That's what light does. It changes things. And if you're not convicted, if you don't really receive the message and engage in the worship service, then it's going to be a challenge for you to be salt and to be light. This is also the difference between being converted and being a disciple. Because whenever you know what the Word of God says, but you don't act on it, and you're here, and your name is on the roll, and that's a great thing, but there's a difference there if you're not practicing it, if you're not engaging in it with your daily life. For that's what a disciple does. He or she lives it, and he or she takes it out to others as well so that they might also come to understand what it is to be a Christian. And this also illustrates it. When someone's bringing a message, whenever someone is bringing a class, when we are engaging in the worship service, we've got to give the people what they need. You've got to find that round peg that is relevant to today's hearer and not just try to, to cram the square peg into it every time. But you've got to give the people they need to hear so that they might begin a changed life and go out and to tell others. Jesus saw his crowds. He told them what they needed to hear. And they engaged with him. Others, though, left. Others did that, for that's going to happen. But hopefully that is not you this morning. Hopefully you are picking up on what I'm telling and you will examine yourself and be able to engage better in the worship service. The next challenge facing the church, ministries that cater to the strong and cater only to the advantaged. As a congregation, it's easy to fall into the trap of catering to those who have more, who come dressed nice, who are popular perhaps. But the moment that someone comes in and looks different or or sounds different than us, we may disregard them or, or think, well, well, somebody else will talk to them. And we don't take the effort to reach out to that person. It's, it's human to do that. It's human to maybe see such people with suspicion. But it is Christian to see all people with the eyes of Jesus. To see all people as having a soul in need of a Savior. So it is a challenge to us as individuals and as an entire congregation to make sure that we are here to serve all people. For that's who Christ reached out to. It seemed as though those who were the most needy came to Him and they, they saw their need and, and He addressed that need. And, and those, though, those people who are in that sort of need, what if they were to come in here? What if the, the blind, the, 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 the lame that so many people disregarded in the New Testament, what if they came in here? How would we treat those that Jesus reached out to and ministered to? Romans 12, 16 says, Be of the same mind toward one another. 
Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. It may be easy to become arrogant as a Christian because Christ, Christianity helps you get your act together. It'll help you be a better Christian or better husband as a Christian. It'll help you be a better wife as a Christian, a better parent. It, it helps you be, learn to be financially responsible through, through stewardship of, of your money and how you handle it and, and what you give here. Christianity helps you be a better employee. And you, you really might start to feel haughty. And those who don't have it together, those who haven't been taught what you've been taught, perhaps even ever, ever since you were a few days old, those who haven't been taught these same Christian values, you know, they're, they're going to be struggling. They're going to be blind in, in many different ways. They're going to be, to be lame in more ways than in just whether or not they can walk. They're going to have some, some deficits because they've not been given the Christian advantage that so many of us benefit from. And so as we take advantage ourselves of, of living in Christ and, and learning all of these things, we may become haughty. We may start to look down on the lowly like the Pharisees and Sadducees did. Lord, I thank you I'm not like this person. Those men, they were, they were human, just like us. And they, they had advantages in many ways, just like us. And they looked down on people who were different than them. And you must make a conscious effort to not be wise in your own estimation, but see someone who needs Christ and think of ways, how can I give what I have in Christ to that person? How can I bring him to Christ? How can I help him or her become convicted and become a 